Books. Welcome to the Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win over the Houston Rockets final score, 129-113. I think this is the start of some good things to come. I know Denver's on a three-game winning streak right now. They won the previous two road games and whatnot, but this point kind of feels like a turning point. It feels like an opportunity for Denver to really lock in, get some good opportunities to win a lot of home games. I've talked about this over the course of the past week, talked about this over the course of, uh, actually, I actually wrote about it on Mile High Sports. You can go check out that article. But I do firmly believe that this is a good moment for Denver to lock in, understand what they have to do well, and act upon it in ways that will help the team going forward. In this podcast, we will talk about the starters, including Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, just lighting fire underneath the Houston Rockets tonight. Second segment, we'll talk about the bench, Ish Smith leading the charge, which was very cool to see. And then in the third segment, we'll talk about uh, just some odds and ends. We'll we'll do a, a little mini preview at the end of what the second Rockets game will look like. But it should be fun. I'm excited to get through this one. We'll do some some little data points here or there as well. But for now, let's go through this. Uh, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I f- I'm a little bit better. Still a little congested, but I think the sickness is mostly past me. So thank you to all the well-wishers out there. I should be back at Ball Arena on Wednesday. Should be back on a normal schedule here as well. I feel up to it. I feel good, which is great. And so were the Nuggets. The Nuggets were definitely up to it tonight. And they they kind of messed around for a little bit there, let's be honest. They allow 39 points in the first quarter. Starters were the majority issue with that. It's one of the reasons why the plus minus for the starters wasn't as good. It was because the defense wasn't really where it needed to be, and the Rockets made some tough shots. They made some, and sometimes not tough shots, sometimes they made the easy shots, which you try to make them as tough as possible, but Denver didn't do a great job of that tonight, at least not until late second and then into the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Jamal Murray, though, is the guy that we've got to talk about. I know Nikola Jokic put up 32-12-8. Does his normal thing. 27 minutes for Nikola, 32, 12, and 8. It's just crazy what he can do sometimes. But perhaps even crazier is the prediction that he made early on in the season that he thought that Jamal would suck for 20 games, then he'd be good. And lo and behold, game 20 today rolls around, and it feels very fitting that Jamal Murray has the best game of his season to date. 25 minutes and 31 points on 11 of 17 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 5 of 6 from the line, was in control, in command of what he wanted to do, and the Rockets, as defensively inept as they obviously are, they didn't have anybody to stop him. They didn't have anybody to match up with them. And Murray absolutely took advantage of that matchup and attacked the defense ad nauseum. One of the big issues for the Rockets is that in addition to not having a guard defender, Shangun was the primary pick and roll defender 
for most of the time. So when he'd go into actions with Jokic, Shangun's doing what he can to stay attached to Nikola, not necessarily doing a great job of that either. But Murray's taking advantage of all of that space. Jokic setting a really good screen. Murray then operating in the open space. He'd get downhill. He'd get to a step back. A lot of opportunities for him to go to work. And Murray absolutely did. This was the game I think that everybody was hoping for. Where you get Murray to really go off, have a strong shooting performance. And he did exactly what Nuggets fans were probably hoping to see which was just produce. There were definitely some moments where he might have taken a shot that he probably shouldn't have. He might have not passed to Nicola in a situation where Joker had an opportunity to hit an open shot or, or do something else. But Murray earned the opportunity tonight to take a few extra shots, to really explore his game, to see how many shots he could hit, because it was very clear from the get-go that he had it going, that he had a lot of opportunities to be successful. He had a really nice post move tonight. I'm not sure who it was against. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a backup guard for the Rockets, but either way, he goes into the post, does a, a fake baseline, turns a, does a turnaround, fakes the turnaround, then steps through and hits the up and under layup. And he had the defense in knots, just very much in control of his own game and putting the rest of the opponents on the fritz. It was wonderful. This is the Murray that everybody's looking for, everybody's hoping for. Had a couple of decent defensive moments as well, including blocking Kevin Porter Jr.'s step back jumper, which is not an easy thing to do. But Murray was sitting right on it and got right to where it needed to go. And so it wasn't his best defensive game by any means. It wasn't his best passing game by any means. But look, the most important thing for Murray is that he gets back to being the scorer that he was. And if any of the last kind of few games are an indication here, he's on that track. There's no doubt about that. So I'm really excited to see it. I am really excited for Nuggets fans in general because it feels like Murray is one of those guys that is just going to start going on a run here. Now, when it's not against the Houston Rockets, we'll see. But I do think that this is a good sign for things to come. Nikola, as I mentioned, he and Shangun went back and forth a little bit, especially in that first half. Uh, Alper and Shangun had a reasonably good game up until the third quarter, where Shangun had 18 points, uh, seven rebounds, three assists, but he had four turnovers and four fouls. And Jokic was just, he turned up in that third quarter. There's no other way to say it. Jokic had 16 points at the break, finished with 16 points in the third quarter on seven of seven shooting. He was awesome. Definitely got to where he needed to go, was aggressive, was consistent, hit a three. It's just exactly what the Nuggets need from him. Uh, dominated the offensive glass, grabbed six offensive rebounds, eight assists, three turnovers. It's exactly what you want against a team like Houston, where center, especially center defense, is their biggest weakness. And Jokic absolutely took advantage. He also turned up defensively in that third quarter and was on the floor for all 12 minutes. 
and just looked great. Denver won his minutes in that third quarter by 13, and it was probably the biggest difference in the game. Aaron Gordon, unfortunately, got into foul trouble tonight, only played 14 minutes, got into foul trouble in that second quarter, and it wasn't like there's nothing much to write home about. The big story for this game, I think, is the Jokic-Murray duo, and then Bruce Brown staggering with the bench. But Gordon, uh, not a great night tonight. Not necessarily a problem by any stretch of the word. Denver still scored 129 points. But Gordon's one of those guys that has to be out there for Denver's defense to be at its best. He has to be able to switch onto players like Kevin Porter and Jalen Green and Eric Gordon. I didn't think he did that well tonight. Now, he's not the only guy. And he was on Jabari Smith for some of the game as well. So not necessarily a big deal, but I do think that this was kind of a step back for sure. KCP, eight points, three of four, two of three from three. Got a block on another strip uh, when somebody was driving to the lane, driving for a layup. And and uh, it was Jalen Green, actually, who was driving in transition. And KCP just walls him off, doesn't give him an opportunity to go through him, and then rips the ball right out of his hands. Another great play. Jalen Green didn't have a great night tonight. I'm not sure who spent the most time on him between KCP and Bruce Brown, but it certainly felt like Denver did a much better job containing Jalen Green than they did on Kevin Porter Jr. and his stepbacks. But it was still a decent performance, especially in that third quarter. KCP is one of those guys that doesn't necessarily play as well in the first half defensively, but certainly turns it on in the third quarter. I think that's what happened again tonight. Lastly, Bruce Brown, uh, 35 minutes tonight, not necessarily like, I'm not sure when the 35 half, like I think I had that wrong on my template, which is irritating because that's not supposed to happen. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. Bruce Brown though, 12 points, three assists, three rebounds, two steals and a block, does a little bit of everything, played the most minutes tonight because he overlapped with the bench. That's not necessarily going to happen going forward, but he is going to be that guy, especially without Bones Highland, that just has a lot of different responsibilities. Without Bones Highland and Michael Porter, Brown has to fill minutes in both of those spots as both a complementary offensive player who takes on defensive responsibilities. And then with the, and that's with the starting unit. And then with the bench unit, he has to be a playmaker too. So did a good job of those things. We'll talk a little bit more about his playmaking in the second segment. But for now, good minutes by the starters, not necessarily great minutes. Uh, they, they were all positive, like Aaron Gordon plus seven, Bruce Brown plus two, Jokic plus eight, Murray plus seven, KCP plus two. The bench is actually what really helped separate Denver. And a lot of that came in the... Actually, it came in the first half and the second half. So credit to the bench tonight. And we'll talk about them here when we come back.
All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I want to tell you a little bit about Superbook Sports. They are the sponsor of this podcast, and they bring Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be in the arena, at the stadium, anywhere to enjoy your sport. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting it on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Alright, we're back. Just saw the final results of the Indiana-LA Lakers game, and the Lakers were leading by 17 points with 9 minutes to go, and Indiana just hit a buzzer-beating three on the road to take that game. That is hilarious, and I am still laughing about it. Actually, I'm going to do it verbally. Ha ha ha, yes, that's, that's, uh, that is perfect. Let's talk about the Nuggets bench. Let's talk about what happened in this particular game, in this particular matchup. It was good to see. It was very good to see this Nuggets bench come together, even if it's not the group that I think a lot of people hoped for or expected. And honestly, it was, it was kind of different throughout. Let me, uh, let me kind of break it down here. So Vlako Chanchar was the first sub off the bench. He was fine, not necessarily anything to write home about, didn't make any of his shots, but uh, he was okay. Like it wasn't, wasn't a problem. Uh, definitely not his night in general. And that's fine. Like I think one of the things that we are learning about the bench as the year goes along is that it doesn't need to be a stable five-man group or four-man group. It needs to be what the team needs. And tonight, it seems like the team needed Ish Smith. They needed uh, Davon Reed to hit some threes. They needed DeAndre Jordan to roll to the rim and just be big. And they needed Zeke Naji a little bit more than they needed Vlatko. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I think against teams like OKC and the Clippers and kind of higher IQ teams where you just need somebody who can stick with what they're doing. Flacco's a really good option. He finished tonight with 19 minutes, zero points, two rebounds, three assists, three uh, two steals, and was in general fine, but not necessarily the guy. Um, Ish Smith, though, was the guy. He was the one that everybody needs to be thinking about here. Ish Smith played 26 minutes tonight and was just one of those guys that you didn't realize how much you were missing until he's out there. He played and operated the point guard position as well as anybody has for Denver this year. Because Murray and Bones, they'll sometimes try to mix in looking for their own shots. Ishmith isn't really hunting for that most of the time, unless there's a clear opportunity for him to do so, or it's late in the shot clock. Ishmith is always probing. He's always trying to set up other guys, and the Nuggets have needed a traditional point guard for a little bit here, and it looks like they've got it. It looks like they've got at least a really good option to do so. 26 minutes, 10 points, 5 of 9 from the field, missed his only 3-point attempt, but that was fine, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals and a block, did have 3 turnovers, but when you do when you uh, produce 8 assists on good passing, consistent shot opportunities for others. 
it's exactly what you need. You need somebody who can set the team up. And Ishsmith was setting the table for everybody, whether it was Zeke, whether it was Bruce Brown, whether it was DeAndre Jordan, and even some Davon the Reed threes. There was definitely a lot to like about the way Ishsmith ran this team. Now, a caveat. The last time a Nuggets veteran backup point guard dominated the Houston Rockets was Faku Campazo last year. And Faku was just cut. He was just cut by the Dallas Mavericks to make room for Kemba Walker. Not necessarily connected other than the fact that I don't think the Houston Rockets are necessarily the team to make sweeping judgments against. They are horrible. They're a horrible team with very little structure. And their starting lineup is mostly fine, but their bench is just like, it's just a hodgepodge of nothing. So I do think that Denver at this stage, they found something good here with Ish Smith, and this is going to work, at least in the short term. But Denver's ultimately going to need backbones. They are going to need somebody who can be dynamic, who can give Denver that extra oomph. And maybe those guys can play together. Maybe sometimes it's an Ish Smith night and sometimes it's not. Depending on the situation, depending on what the Nuggets need, and depending on who the opponent is, I think Ish Smith can really be helpful. But that's what the bench is all about. It's about not having a set group. It is about having options optionality, and a whole bunch of different players for different situations. Ish Smith is definitely one of those guys. Bruce Brown, as I mentioned, more of a bench option tonight than he was a starting lineup option. Found some opportunities to slash to the rim. Had a really nice dribble pull-up going to the left, hitting that in the mid-range, and just looked very comfortable and confident in that situation. Hit his only three towards the end of the game and was just in rhythm and very comfortable with that shot. Again, 12 points, three assists, three rebounds, two steals on a block, filling up the box score, doing a lot of different things. With the bench, he is a different version than what he is with the starters. And that is good. That is a good thing for Denver to have. We will see if that continues to evolve and what that looks like when Porter's back and when Murray's like like fully going and he's playing 34 minutes and when Bones is back and the roles all change again. But for now, Bruce Brown's found some good rhythm with both the starters and the second unit. DeAndre Jordan deserves some credit. 19 minutes plus 11. That's what you need. It's not crazy. It's not anything wild or spectacular. He had a really nice alley-oop tonight where he slipped the screen instead of going to set the side pick and roll to Ishsmith. He slipped and went to the rim. Ishsmith threw up a perfectly placed alley-oop and DeAndre Jordan threw that down hard. Uh, It was great. It was great to see. Now again, it's the Houston Rockets. I feel like a, a boulder with arms could probably have scored on the Houston Rockets tonight. But it is important to have these moments. It's important to say, okay, yes, this was functionally good. This can work. There's no doubt about it. Ish Smith is going to be able to set the the table for a guy like DeAndre Jordan really well. Now, it's not just 
Um, it's not like Bones can't do that, but it's something that he can learn. Something that he can learn from Ish. Where DeAndre likes the ball. What are the best ways to get him involved and the best ways to get him moving towards the basket in a productive way? But also, DeAndre grabbed 10 rebounds tonight. 10 rebounds in 19 minutes. That's what you need. That's why he's out there. Denver won the rebounding battle 43-37. to 37. Wasn't anything crazy. But the second unit, uh, second unit guys for the Houston Rockets had a total of four offensive rebounds. It's not that much. It's not like anything crazy. Denver rebounded their positions reasonably well with that group. And most of the offensive rebounding issues were with the starting unit. So, been impressed with various aspects of DeAndre Jordan's game. Still don't think that he's like, like Denver went to a 3-2 zone a couple times tonight. And Jordan was the guy who was kind of being the, the issue guy when it comes to being in the zone. Because he's not really mobile enough to cover both the perimeter and the interior. And you need to do that especially as the low man in a 3-2. So, not sure why they wouldn't have Zeke in for something like that, but it's good to practice it, good to have some options. And maybe this is just a thing where you're playing the Houston Rockets. It's not a big deal. Davon Reed, 3 of 6 tonight from 3. Only attempted threes, plus 20 tonight. Had 9 points, 3 rebounds, and an assist. Nothing crazy. Thought that his defense was fine tonight. Guys like Garrison Matthews and uh, KJ Martin, Tari Eason, not necessarily problems tonight. And Denver certainly made it work while Davon was out there. He's playing over Christian Brown. Not really sure why that is, but Christian Brown didn't log a stat tonight except for a missed three. So he did that in six minutes in garbage time. We will see. If Christian Brown kind of gets back into the rotation at some point, but I think maybe that happens when Bones comes back, but I don't know. I think uh, I think I'd prefer Christian Brown out there, but as long as Davon Reed's hitting threes, can you really argue? No. And Zeke Naji, uh, final guy here to really talk about. Eighteen minutes for Zeke wasn't initially in the rotation, but played the final three minutes of the first half when Aaron Gordon got into foul trouble. Aaron Gordon got into foul trouble again in the third quarter. So Vlatko came in very early, and then Zeke basically replaced Vlatko in the rotation for the remainder of the game and into garbage time. And and, uh, Zeke did a good job, especially as a scorer. 15 points, 7 of 12 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. Missed his only free throw attempt, but grabbed three rebounds, including two offensive. Not necessarily like a dominant performance here or there, but did have some good opportunities, especially in the paint to finish some shots and uh, finish some dump off passes from guys like Ish, Bruce Brown, etc. Uh, got some duck ins even with the starting unit. So he's doing some good things. It's not like. Like, I don't want to overly credit him because a lot of it did come in garbage time, but a lot of it, like the reason why it was garbage time was because he kept making some baskets here and there. So, actually led the bench in scoring, despite the fact that, like, Ishmith 
DeAndre Jordan, Davon Reed, all those guys were playing more minutes. So Zeke does deserve credit, especially when Jordan's out there. Zeke is one of those guys that can take advantage of his size from the power forward position as opposed to trying to outmuscle a center. But he hit a buzzer beating three at the end of the third quarter, looked very much in rhythm on that, was the only three that he hit. But I do think that if Zeke is going to get more playing time, he is going to have to hit those threes. That's a key thing for him. Going to have to be efficient and effective because he's not really logging a whole bunch of other stats. Like he's not racking up the rebounds or the passing or the steals and blocks. Like he's not a steals and blocks guy. He's not a rebounding guy. So you've got to have other things that you do. If scoring is that, then great. He's not really like a guy who scores with moves though. So it's not necessarily something that you can count on from night to night, which is why his points can go up and down radically. So I'm curious to see what it looks like. He played well tonight against the Houston Rockets. We will see if that can continue on Wednesday, if even if he does play against the Rockets. I, I wonder if he start or like is the primary backup at center in that game, and they go with Vlaco and Zeke as opposed to what they initially did with Vlaco and DeAndre. That was a new combo for everybody. But I wonder if Zeke gets back into the rotation. We will see. But overall, good win, 16-point win. Nothing to really write home about because it is the Rockets, but Denver deserves some credit. They won three of the four quarters and lost the only quarter that they lost by one point. So pretty solid win from wire to wire. Turned it on to the third, never looked back. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss some odds and ends for Denver's schedule so far. We'll be right back. All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this thing up by doing some odds and ends here. Good Nuggets win. Good Nuggets win for sure. You get to start off this uh, 28-game stretch, which I'm, I'm going to keep trying to reference this because I do think that this is an important segment of Denver's season. Every, every segment is important. Let's be frank here. You have 82 games. None of those games is more important than any of the others when it comes to racking up wins. But the most important times to rack up wins versus kind of holding water are the times where you can really set up at home, where you can lock in, you can get comfortable, you can do things in a repeatable way. And I do think that this is a good opportunity for Denver to really take advantage of that. Right now, Denver's 13 and 7. They are second to the West. Phoenix is first at 14 and 6. They barely eked out a win over Sacramento tonight. New Orleans and Memphis are tied at third in the West at 12 and 8. So Denver is right now by themselves, but they're in a situation where some of those teams are going to go on runs and they're going to keep winning. Some of those teams are going to fall off. Other teams are going to rise up. It's not going to be the same order throughout, but Denver 
in these 28 games, this the first of that 28-game stretch, they have 20 home games. And if Denver can really bolster that home record, it's going to be an opportunity for Denver to really take advantage of a good setup, a good opportunity for guys like Jamal Murray to keep getting his rhythm. Guys like Nikola Jokic to just clock into work every single day, put up 25, 12, and 12 more often than not. And then if you're a plus 20, you're probably going to win 18 of those 20 games. Guaranteed. Now there could be some flukes here or there. Maybe Denver has to be better in some road situations during that time. But more often than not, Denver's going to have an opportunity to just rack up wins. Games like tonight. It's just surgical. It's just business-like. And if Denver can continue working that way, the record is going to keep getting higher. Five and two at home, eight and five on the road. Eight wins on the road, I think, is the most of any team. Maybe second most behind Boston. But Denver's plus six in Doug Moe. One thing that you're probably not going to see, you're not going to see that number rise that often over the course of these 28 games because you're playing most of them at home. But Denver does have eight games on the road. So technically, if they go 27 and 0, then they will be uh, plus 14 at the end of this stretch because they'll have zero home losses as opposed to those uh, other eight home win- or those other eight road wins on top of this plus six that they've already accrued. So Denver, they're pacing well. That's what I'm really trying to say here. They have an opportunity that if they keep that plus six relatively standard during this time, they're going to have a really, really strong record. Now, some ways to break this down even further. Denver right now needs a lot more 10 plus point wins. Right now, Denver's six and two in close games. Anytime the margin is in between 10 points, basically, it's a single digit game. Denver's six and two in those games where you know that Jokic and Murray and your two man game and the defense is going to have to lock up and you need a clutch shot here or there. But most of the time, you're just relying on your best and second best player to bring it home. And Denver has more or not, more often than not, been able to do that. Now, the only two losses are to the Knicks without Jokic and Gordon and to the Pistons where you're coming off of sickness. Murray played poorly. Like it, it just kind of boils down to that. Now, Denver 6-2 and two in those close games. They are 7-5 and five in games that are decided by 10 points or more. So, double-digit victories or double-digit losses. Denver has seven double-digit victories by an average margin of 15.7 points. So pretty decent. Like you're winning those games by an average of about 16 points. That's pretty solid. Not a big deal. The five losses that Denver has accrued in those situations are by an average margin of 20.8. Denver's had basically four blowouts. They've had a couple games where like they had one, I think, 11-point loss that was to the Lakers at at LA. 
every other game that they've lost basically has been a 20-point laugher. Where when Denver doesn't keep it close, they really look bad. I'm not sure what to take away from that specifically, other than the fact that Denver can be better in those situations and has to be better in those situations. Reducing that margin to closer to that 10-point margin as opposed to the 20-point margin will help keep games closer in general. You'll have fewer laughers. You'll have more opportunities for Jokic and Murray to really lock in in that fourth quarter. And the more opportunities that Denver has to work on their clutch game, the better they're going to be as a playoff team. That's just how it is. That's how everything works. You get to work on those opportunities. You get to trust what you trust. Murray gets to kick off the rust even more. And Jokic, you just believe in him. Like, I firmly believe that Jokic is going to bring it home anytime a game is close. And so far, he's pretty much done it. Now, sometimes the game isn't close, and then you don't really have an opportunity to find out. But most of the time, I feel pretty good about where Denver's at. So if they can rack up some more of those double-digit victories, make it easier on themselves, and then keep some of those blowouts a little bit closer, give themselves a chance, the point margin is going to look much better, for one thing. Right now, if I go to the standings, Denver has a point differential of, as I click this, of plus 1.4, which isn't great, honestly. It's not what you would expect from a team that's six games above 500 at this stage. It's what you would expect from a team that's like 10 and 9, 11 and 9, 11 and 10, somewhere around the 6, 7, 8 range in the Western Conference, not the second seed. Denver has had their point differential a little bit lopsided because of those blowout losses. So in kind, they have to get some more blowout wins. Like It makes it easier on everybody involved, but that involves playing at home a little bit more. That involves locking in on both the starting unit and the bench unit. And it means that the team has to just take it seriously for the first 30 minutes. Because if you get to the middle of the third quarter and it's a 25-point game, other teams will have the propensity to just shut down, in which case it makes it a lot easier for you. And then you get to put up some laughing, fun numbers at home in front of your home crowd, where guys like Bones Highland, Nikola Jokic, uh, Michael Porter Jr. are going to be really great in those situations. So, Hopefully Denver can get to that point. It would be nice if they could get it in this next game on Wednesday against Houston again. It is really difficult to win back-to-back games against the same team. Denver had this happen to them against Dallas, where Dallas lost, looked horrible, same situation a couple days later, and Denver pulls out a victory because they played harder because they found some things that worked better. Houston is going to try to do that. They're going to try to find that same gear. And if they do, and Denver doesn't rise to the occasion, then it's going to be a bad loss for Denver. They can't have another one of those bad home losses. Detroit already beat them at home. Houston cannot. It's 
just a requirement. They cannot beat them at home. So Denver's got to take care of business. And then they will go back on the road for a couple games. They will play at Atlanta on December 2nd, Friday. They'll play at New Orleans at December 4th on Sunday. December 3rd's my birthday, and I thought I was going to go on that trip and be in New Orleans on my birthday. Kind of glad I'm not. Like, COVID really hit me, and I definitely would prefer to just chill, hang out, enjoy time with the family whatnot. But uh, hopefully on that 1.30 wake up on Sunday in New Orleans, hopefully the Nuggets operate a little bit better than I plan to due to my activities the previous Saturday night. So we will see how the rest of this week goes for Denver. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the level support on the program. I will be back tomorrow. Normal schedule. Going to try to do five podcasts this week. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.